If you've been looking for a comprehensive Bible school curriculum that explores redemptive realities in Jesus Christ grounded in the Word of God, look no further. The goal of this podcast is to spread the life-transforming Word of God throughout the world for the equipping of the saints to do the work of the ministry and to build up the body of Christ in what Jesus has accomplished for us through His death, burial, resurrection, and seating at the right hand of God the Father. There's such an untapped potential for Christians to enter into their glorious inheritance in Jesus Christ. Together we will discover what Jesus has done for us by providing such a great salvation and how to appropriate the promises of God in our lives. Jesus said in John chapter 8 verse 31, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, and then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Each podcast season will cover one of the books that I have compiled over the years. You can find a complete listing of my Christian education material on my website at www.wordinspire.com. You're welcome to download these ebooks for free in PDF format for your own personal or ministry use. So let's explore these biblical truths and principles together that will absolutely transform our lives. God bless. Welcome to the Word of Life study series, the Pentateuch. As we had concluded in the last episode on creation, the material universe was created and refashioned more than once. The world we live in and the life upon it was created and not evolved. There is a master architect and wonderful purpose behind God's creation. The crowning creation on planet Earth was the formation of the human race. Understanding our origins allows us to explain the present and look forward to enjoying an eternity with God through faith in Jesus Christ. Created as Eternal Spirit Beings First of all, mankind was created in the image of God. Please note that the words us and our is used in Genesis 1.26. This supports the doctrine of the triune Godhead. God is one expressed in three distinct persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Matthew 28.19 in Genesis 1.26, it states, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness. So what does it mean for us to be made in the image of God? Through the act of procreation, our bodies are formed in the womb, but it is God who creates the human spirit. At conception, God places the human spirit within that tiny little body. The real you and the conceived life at conception are united by God Almighty. Psalms 139.13 For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. Zechariah 12.1 The Lord who stretches out the heavens, who lays the foundation of the earth, and who forms the spirit of man within him. Isaiah 57.16 I will not accuse forever, nor will I be angry, for then the spirit of man would faint before me the breath of man that I have created, 
It's the spirit of a human being that brings animation or life to the physical body. James 2.26, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. God created us to live forever. We are created by God as eternal spirit beings. We have a beginning with no ending. We will never cease to exist. God made us to live forever, and each one of us in this life chooses our own eternal destiny to live with God or be eternally separated from Him. God created us as free moral agents with the right to exercise a free will. Deuteronomy 30.19 This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life, so that you and your children may live. Matthew 25.46 Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. The value of a thing is measured by how long it lasts. We are eternal beings, so that makes us, each one of us, priceless. Heaven and earth will pass away, but God's word will never pass away, and neither will you. Matthew 24.35 God made us as eternal spirit beings. But God created us for His glory. God wants to commune and have a precious and priceless relationship with each one of us. We are the objects of His affection, recipients of His love and goodness. Our obvious response is to reciprocate and offer adoration and worship unto Him. For in Him we live and move and have our being. Acts 17.28 Isaiah 43.7 Everyone who is called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, whom I have formed and made. In John 4.24, Jesus said, God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. Now we are no accident. God knew us before the creation of the world. Our existence is not an accident. Ephesians 1.4, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. Jeremiah 1.5 Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. God determined at what time we would be born on this earth. Acts 17.24 The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth, and does not live in temples built by hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything, because he himself gives all mankind life and breath and everything else. From one man he made every nation of mankind, that they should inhabit the whole earth, and he determined the times set for them and the exact places where they should live. God did this so that people would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. We are a trichotomy. Mankind was created as a three-part being, just as the glorious Godhead is referred to as the divine trinity. We are not just a physical body, just as the Godhead is not just the Father God only. I am a spirit, I have a soul, and I live in a body. We operate on three dimensions. The Godhead is comprised of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So the three parts to our identity are spirit, soul, and body. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body 
be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Some people are led to believe that a person is only a dichotomy, being two parts, soul and body. They believe that the eternal aspect of a person is their soul, meaning their will, intellect, and emotions. Scripture, however, points out that there's as much difference between the spirit and soul of a person than there is between their soul and their physical body. Hebrews 4.12 For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So according to this scripture, the soul and spirit of a person can be divided or distinguished as separate entities. Only through God's word can we make this distinction. Now something needs to be pointed out here. A human being is the only creature in this class on the earth, being a spirit being. The animal kingdom are not spirit beings. They are physical beings that are driven by instinct. Animals do have souls because they have limited reasoning faculties, and these faculties are of the soul. Animals also display affection, and this too is part of the soul. However, animals are not spirits. They are merely soul and body. When animals die, that is the end, unless you can find scripture that says otherwise. So where is that spirit located, you may ask? The Bible has the answer. Proverbs 20.27 in the King James Version. The spirit of a man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. John 4.14 in the King James Version. But whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never thirst, but the water that I give him will be in him a well of water, springing up into everlasting life. John 7.38 in the King James Version. If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. When the Bible talks about the heart, it's referring to the very center of a person, their spirit being. It is the spirit of a person that is born again, according to John 3.3 3 and 2 Corinthians 5.17. The new birth is a spiritual circumcision, the cutting off of the old sinful nature, Romans 2.29, Colossians 2.11, Titus 3.4, and Acts 7.51. It is the spirit of a person that has the life, love, and nature of God in it. Romans 5.5, 1 John 5.12. It is with your spirit that you believe. Acts 16.14, 2 Corinthians 3.3, Romans chapter 10, verse 10 through 11. It is with your spirit that you worship God and do his will. Ephesians 5.19 and chapter 6, verse 6. It is with your spirit that the Holy Spirit dwells. Your body is the temple of your spirit and of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 3.16 and chapter 6, verse 19. Let's now define the three parts of a person in more detail. A person is a spirit being first, and conscience is the voice of their human spirit. Each human being has a soul, which is made up through emotions, will, and intellect. Reason is the voice of our soul, and we live in a physical body. Feelings, or the five senses, is the voice of our physical body. With our spirit, we contact God, and with our soul, we contact the intellectual realm, and with our physical body, we contact this material or natural world. Conscience 
is the voice of our spirit. It is the inner moral compass that tells us what is right and wrong. Hebrews 10.22, 1 Samuel 24 verse 5 and chapter 25.31, Acts 24.16, 1 Corinthians 8.7 and chapter 10 verse 25 to 27. If you are born again, then your conscience is a safe guide. The conscience of an unbeliever is seared and corrupted, permitting him or her to do whatever they want. 1 Timothy 4.2, Titus 1.15 Adam, the first human being. Genesis 2.7 The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Interesting enough, Adam's name means in the Hebrew, ruddy, to flush or turn rosy red. Adam's body was formed from the dust of the earth, or red clay. So were animals and birds. Scientists say that the 16 compound ingredients found in clay make up 16 primary elements of the human body. The earth supports and transfers vitamins and minerals into plant and animal life, which we consume in order to nourish our physical bodies that originated from the ground. Genesis 2.19 Now the Lord God formed out of the ground all the beasts of the field and all the birds of the air. Job 12.10 In his hand is the life of every creature and the breath of all mankind. Man alone of all created beings received the breath of God. God's spirit life was breathed into the lump of clay called the human body and it became animated as Adam's spirit and soul took residence in this new earth suit. As a result, you could now contact the natural world through his new physical body or house. Our identity as human beings are as those created in God's image and likeness. However, God did not stop there. He also gave us a divine purpose, basically a job to do. Our primary job description is found in the dominion that God gave to mankind. By virtue of creation, the earth and all that God has made belongs to God because he is the author of creation. God is the owner. He holds the title deed. It all belongs to him. In this aspect, he is absolutely sovereign. Psalms 24.1 The earth is the Lord's, and everything in it, the world and all who live in it, for he founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Haggai 2.8 the silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. Yet as soon as he finished restoring the earth to a habitable state, he turned it over to Adam on a lease to be a steward and caretaker of it. God, as the owner, gave Adam the keys to the car, so to speak, to get in the driver's seat and take charge for a specific period of time, which we call Adam's lease. So really, human beings are simply renting this earth from the original owner, Almighty God. Genesis 1.26 And let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, and over every living creature that moves on the ground. God created mankind to rule over this earthly creation that God had just restored from the judgment that had made the original creation formless and void. 
Psalms 8, verse 3. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings, or in the Hebrew, Elohim means God, and crowned him with glory and honor. You made him ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet, all flocks and herds and the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, all that swim in the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Now let's look at Psalms chapter 8 verse 3 in the Amplified. When I view and consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained and established, what is man that you are mindful of him, the son of earthborn man that you care for him? Yet you have made him but a little lower than God or heavenly beings, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hand, and you have put all things under his feet. Notice that God made us a little lower than himself. Why some translators substitute the Hebrew word Elohim, which is the name of God, for angels is beyond me. Trying to be humble, I suppose. Yet other translations do use the word God. God made us a little lower than himself, not a little lower than the angels. So God, in his purpose, made Adam and Eve the gods, small g, of this world. Psalms 82.6 I said you are gods, you are sons of the Most High. Jesus himself attested to this fact. In John 10.34 Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law? I have said you are gods. If he called them gods, again this is small g, to whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken. Now ruler, dominion, in charge, gods, small g, is what God has done for mankind since the beginning. Now before we get too much of a big head, remember the fall of man in the Garden of Eden. However, it is imperative that we realize the significance of the position of authority that God had originally elevated mankind to in the beginning. This illustration of our dominion makes sense when we consider our redemption in Jesus. When God gave dominion to Adam in the garden, he was instructed by God Almighty to keep and watch over it. Remember that God made Adam the God of this new world he had made. Adam had authority to name all the animals God had created. The important thing to consider about Adam's authority is that first of all, it was given to him from Almighty God. Secondly, this authority was expressed or exercised through words. Man is the only living creature on this earth who is a spirit being and dominates through the use of words. If Adam had a problem in the garden, he was expected to release faith-filled words to change things just like God did through the act of creation. Physically, he would not be able to subdue the whole earth. He had to do it by faith and through the power of words. Genesis 1.26 Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, over the livestock and over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule 
over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. It is the Father's will for us to speak his words after him and thus manifest his kingdom in the earth. When Jesus taught his disciples how to pray in Matthew 6, verse 9 through 13, he said, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I believe this is accomplished through speaking and acting on God's word. We know that God's word is his will, and when we speak it in faith, his kingdom manifests on the earth in the form of salvation, healing, deliverance, love, and so on. Words are powerful when released out of our mouth because they carry spiritual forces. John 6.63, Jesus said that his words were full of a substance called spirit life. Acts 20.32, Paul says that God's word is full of a substance called grace. Romans 10.10, Paul by the Holy Spirit also says that God's word is full of a substance called faith. I am so blown away at the incredible plan and purpose God has for humanity in that we hold a special place in God's heart. We are created in his image and likeness. No other created being can claim that. Sin has so devalued the human race. Only through the redeeming death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ are we restored back to that original place in God's presence, born again as children of God. 1 John 3.1 How great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. God bless. I highly encourage you to continue listening to the Word of Life Study Series podcast and encourage your friends to tune in as well. The scriptures encourage us in Acts chapter 17 verse 11 to receive the message with great eagerness and to examine the scriptures every day in order to confirm the truth that you're hearing. God's word is our final authority for all matters that pertain to life and godliness. I'd like to close this episode by praying over you according to Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparable great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when God raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in this present age, but also in the one to come. And in chapter 2, verse 6, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Be blessed and see you soon.